Well, good morning. I hope you all are having a wonderful morning, experience God in a whole new way. We're excited because we're starting a new series today that will take us over the next few weeks throughout the Gospels and different encounters that people have had with Jesus. And I believe that as we walk through these different encounters, you will see glimpses of God working in their lives and the reality how God is working in your life too and how he wants to work in your life too. And I hope that you make a commitment to be with us every week as we go through the series and think about someone who you can bring along with you to travel through the Gospels and through these encounters with Jesus because I believe that we will all see how he wants to change us forever. But as we get into this, into this new series, as we pre- prepare our hearts for today's message, let's go to God in prayer. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, I just pause right now. In the busyness of our lives... May we just stop here and just reflect on you and reflect on our life. Lord, I don't know what everybody's bringing into this moment, whether it's a dark time in their life or a great time in their life. But right now, wherever we're at, good, bad, or somewhere in between, may we just lay it all at your feet. And Father, I just pray that you speak to us in a whole new way. And may this begin a journey of experiencing you in a whole new way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, throughout our lives, we all struggle with fears. Every one of us has a fear that overwhelms us. But there's also a fear that I believe in the core of who we are, whether we've owned up to it or not, whether we realize it or not, we all have this particular fear in the core of who we are. It's the fear of missing out, or also known as FOMO. Have you heard of FOMO before? The fear of missing out. At some level, every one of us has the fear of missing out on something. Maybe it's that job. Maybe it's that adventure. Maybe it's that relationship. Whatever it may be. And here's the reality. From the creation of of everything that is, from the very beginning, do you know what Satan's tactic has been and always continues to be to get after you and me? To leverage our hearts and our minds away from Jesus. You know what that is? It's to cause us to think that we're missing out on something. That God's holding out on us. Do you don't believe me? Go to back to the Genesis story. Read when Eve was tempted. And the very core thing that he tempted her with was God's holding out on you. You're missing out. And I think so often we struggle in our relationship with God because we feel like he's holding out on us. That if we truly follow him, I mean, we're not going to get our best life ever. But so often we run towards what we think is our best life ever because we're so afraid of missing out that we truly miss out on what he wants to provide that could be our best life ever. I think at the core of who we are, we all wrestle with the fear of missing out. It's all different for us, whatever that missing out is, but we all wrestle with the fear of missing out on something when God wants to speak into our life. You know, today we're going to be starting with a story in Luke chapter 5, and we'll kind of see how people's agendas were kind of warped around their fear of missing out and what that led them to and how God wants to speak into that, but also how Satan leverages that to pull us away from God. And to pull us away from experiencing God. Luke chapter 5 verses 17 through 26 is kind of our text today. And it's the story of Jesus in this crowded house. 
And there he was in this house that was so overwhelmed with people. And the Bible says that people were just kind of falling out of the windows and they were coming out of the doorways because the house was so overcrowded. People came from the village of Galilee, from Judea, from Jerusalem. In other words, they came from all over the region to come to this home to hear Jesus. And here Jesus was in the middle of this living room just sharing his truth, sharing his story, sharing what it meant to follow God and what that was all about. Everyone was kind of flocking to this house to hear about him. And the Bible says in verse 17 of Luke chapter 5 that Jesus, as they were gathered together, had the power of God on him to heal the sick. In other words, what the Bible is revealing there is the reality of the Trinity. You see, the Trinity is a theology that's found in scriptures from Genesis all the way through Revelation. And the reality is this. God is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one being. I know, it's hard to get our heads around that. But here the Bible is revealing the union and the relationship between God the Son and God the Spirit working together in this moment as it does throughout the, throughout the Bible. And here we see God the Son, Jesus, and God the Spirit were in one, and he had the ability to heal the sick. And so because of that, people were flocking to him. There's something different about this man in what he teaches, what he's saying. And oh, by the way, special bonus, he can heal me. And so everybody was flocking into this moment. And then in this moment, the house was so overcrowded. People were out the doorways. People were hanging in the window seals. These two men, these men came along. And they were carrying this mat. And on this mat was this paralyzed man. You see, all they wanted to do was to get this man to Jesus. Because they believed this man, there's something different about him. Our buddy who's been sick, who's been, who hasn't been able to walk all these years, if we can just get him into this guy's presence, he will be able to walk again. We believe that. But because the house was so overcrowded, they couldn't get in. And then Luke chapter 5, verse 19, the Bible says, when they, the men carrying the mat, could not find a way to, to, to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him in, in, on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. These are one of those scenes in the Bible that just fascinate me. I mean, just take this journey with me as you imagine the scene in your mind. I mean, here were these men carrying this mat and they realized we can't get in. They could have given up and walked away and said, forget it, we throw in the towel. Too bad, buddy, you can't walk. But they said, no, we want to get to Jesus. And we have to figure out how. Oh, let's go on the roof. They go on the roof. And so you can just imagine the scene. All the people in that house were gathered together in that close-knit area. You know, probably shoulder to shoulder. People are getting a little grumpy. Can you move over? You're bumping into me too much. And it's probably getting warm and stinky. You know, the BO's flowing. Everything's happening. And all of a sudden, as they're listening to Jesus, they start to feel some dirt and grime from the roof start dripping on their head. And probably like, what is that? Who's throwing stuff out? Are you doing paper walls again, Jimmy? And all of a sudden they look up and they realize, what is going on on the roof? What's all that stuff falling? Knock it off. We're trying to listen to Jesus. What are you talking? Get out of here. What are you doing? But then slowly these guys, they weren't giving up. 
They're on the rooftop and they're thinking, I I don't care what people think of us anymore. I don't care because we just need to get this man to Jesus. I'm not concerned about that crowd down there. I just want to get down there to see Jesus. And so they start pulling these towels away. You know, this wouldn't have been like two seconds. I mean, this was taking some time. Pull these towels away. Enough to get them into, enough space to get this man lowered in. And you got this, this man that's probably five foot, five foot five, somewhere in that ballpark. They have to fit him through the towels. So they're pulling out all these towels. They make this huge hole in this person's roof. They damage this person's house. Because they want to get this man down to Jesus. They don't care what anybody else thinks. They don't care that everybody's looking up wondering, what in the world are you doing? You're interrupting our time here. You're messing up our focus here. They don't care. They just want to get this man to Jesus. And then they get the rope. And they try to wrap the rope just around him properly because that would be a horrible TikTok video if they dropped their buddy on the floor. And so they're trying really hard to make sure they don't drop their buddy on the floor. And they get the rope all tied up. And then they are lowering him down. And meanwhile, everybody's kind of wondering, what's going on here? What is happening? Who is this interrupting? But they don't care. They just want to get this man to Jesus. And so they're lowering down. They, they're probably starting to shout. You know, they're really interrupting Jesus' time now. You know, and they're just saying, hey, hey, Jimmy, lower it a little bit further on your end. Ed, don't drop him. Okay, Billy. And they're just kind of really slowly trying to lower him down. And finally, they lower him down to Jesus. You know why? Because they realized this man was different. They were about to enter into a God moment. And the Bible says that in that moment, Jesus healed them. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 20. It's written, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. You know, here's something spectacular about this whole story. Their mind was, we need to get this man to Jesus to heal him physically. And when Jesus saw them, he looked into their heart and says, no, I have something better for you. Your sins, your life is changed forever. Because now you're in my presence. You fought through the man-made obstacles and you came to me. Your life is changed forever. You see this encounter with Jesus? was a God moment. It was a spectacular God moment. A God moment, by my definition, if you will, is an opportunity to experience God's hope in our life or express God's hope through our life. Those are God moments. Every day of your life, listen to me, my friends, every day of your life are opportunities after opportunities of God moments. The question is, are you seeing them? Are you experiencing them? Because they are happening. They're happening every day in your life, I promise you. I promise you. From small things to big things, there are opportunities, God moments for you to experience his hope or for you to express his hope to others. And God moments are generally not things that are going to happen in the big thunder and lightning bolts. That's not how they happen. You know, so often I think we walk through life and we're thinking, well, God's not here because the lightning didn't come. I mean, it wasn't a huge parade, so God must not have been there. See, so often God does not work through the parades or the lightning or the thunder. He works through the gentle breeze, through the ordinary of your life, and through my life as well. Those are when the God moments happen. And as I read this story in Luke chapter 5 of these men lowering this guy down to Jesus and the overcrowded house, and I just think about all the people in that house. How many people were in that house? 
and how they were also focused on what they wanted that day. They didn't care about that man. They probably didn't even really care about what Jesus was teaching them. They cared about what they could get out of the moment for them. They wanted their priorities to be the agenda of the day. Oftentimes because they're so fear, afraid of missing out on something, what they want to achieve in life. I can't help but just read this story and think about the crowds of people that were there. And I wonder how many times in my specific crowds that I've been in life, was I just like them? I was too focused on myself, my priorities, that I missed out on the potential God moment of the day that was happening right in front of me. You see, in the ordinary, in the gentle breeze, we need to be open to the God moments. We need to be open to them because they're happening every day. And I think sometimes we get so focused on what we feel we don't want to miss out on, the FOMO, that we miss out on what God wants to do in our life in that moment. Because he's always working. And every day he wants you to experience his hope and or be an expression of hope to others. Every day. But here's the struggle. I think what we want, what we're afraid to, to miss out on, we allow those things to transform into our priorities. Our life is built on priorities that we have developed on what we want to achieve, what we want to go after, and ultimately, oftentimes, that's based upon what we're afraid of missing out on. I want that better house. I want, that, I want to rise up on the corporate ladder. I want to be on that sport team. I want to do this. I want that relationship whatever it may be, and we get this fundamental fear within us, I'm going to miss out on something if I don't have this, and then we create all of our priorities around it. And before you know it, when you chase that, you miss out on what God wants to do in your life, and what that leads you towards when you chase yourself in that regard, ultimately your heart slowly develops desperation. Slowly and slowly you find desperation happening in your heart. Why? Because what the world tells us we should run towards or chase or try to achieve to fill that void of what we think we're missing out on never satisfies. You never truly get there. But in God moments, God turns desperation into triumph. That's what he does. But can I just give you, take a break for a moment and give you a little bit of a public service announcement Okay, because I think we all need to hear this. I needed to hear this. I had to tell myself over and over again. And I still need to tell myself this over and over again. And this is it. We miss God moments because we tend to push our priorities onto God's agenda rather than allowing God's priorities to become our agenda. Let me say that again because I think it needs to sink in. We miss God moments because we tend to push our priorities onto God's agenda, rather than allowing God's priorities to become our agenda. See the difference? It's a mind shift. It's a mental shift. It's, it's a change of heart. I think I struggle so often, and maybe you do too, because when we go into God times, daily encounters, hanging out with Jesus, and when I read the Bible, when, when I come to church, I, I think so often I go to God and I approach his th- throne, and I say, God, this is what I want. This is what I need you to do for me today. And that's okay. He wants to hear our heart. 
But I think in those moments, if we miss out on going to the throne of God, God, you drive my life. Your priorities need to be my agenda. What does that look like, God? Show me the steps. Guide my life. Guide my heart. I don't want to push my priorities to become God's agenda. It never will work anyways. But I need to invite God's priorities to become my agenda. You know, going back to the story, the Pharisees, when they saw Jesus as the man lowered his, to the mat to the ground, and they saw Jesus instantly say, your sins are forgiven, they got a little honked off, if you will. They weren't too happy. And they started thinking in their mind, who is this man? What is this man all about? You see, the Pharisees were all about trying to push their priorities onto Jesus to make their priorities his agenda. If you read the gospel stories, that was their focus day in and day out. Jesus, it was a constant battle with Jesus. And there they were again thinking, who is this guy? He's speaking blasphemy. How in the world can this guy say your sins are forgiven? What a joke. I mean, only God can do that. And the Bible says Jesus knew what they were thinking. And then this happens in verses 22 through 26. Jesus knew what they were thinking and said and, and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave God praise that day. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things. In that moment, they saw a God moment, and they just realized it. You see, God moments happen around us all the time. All the time, God is working in your life. I promise you that every single day. But here's the struggle. I think if you're like me, because of our own selfishness, because of our own fear of what we might miss out on, because of what we want to achieve in our life, whether it's professionally or in relationships or whatever it may be, we develop blinders on ourselves. And we live life with blinders on ourselves that's more focused on what we feel we're afraid to miss out on. That's how the devil is leveraging our heart and our mind away from God. And we have these blinders on us that cause us to miss out on the reality that every single day, there's God moments in our life. Every single day. And I think at some level, we need to real, take time to focus, what are the blinders in my life? And here's the hard thing. You know what? Oftentimes, we won't know what they are because we're blind to them, right? They're blinders in our life. That's why we need trusted people in our life to say, you know what, tell me the hard stuff. What blinders do I have? What am I missing? What's going on? I think we need that to fully see God moving in our life. Because we miss it because we have all have the fear that we're missing out on something. And the fear of missing out on something just causes us to chase other things in this world. 
our dreams, our passions, our desires, what we want. And before we know it, our life is chasing these priorities that we've developed based upon of what we want to achieve or what we're afraid of missing out on. And here's the trap. We all fall into this trap. And that is we allow the world or we allow other people in our life and their priorities to become our agenda. And because of that, because we've fallen into that trap that the world and other people have pushed their priorities into our life that has become our agenda, we become, we start living these unbalanced lives. And we've become a people who's overwhelmed with stress and brokenness and dissatisfaction and disappointment and just broken down. You know, because we chase the fear of missing out and we have these mixed priorities, we live unbalanced and stressful lives. That's what happens. And I bet if we went around this whole room at some level, we'd all be saying, you know what? That's me, Bill. My life is out of control. My life is unbalanced. My life is just out of whack. And, you know, I'm just overwhelmed with stress. I don't know how to make time for anything. I don't know how to get life done. I don't even want to get, wake up net tomorrow. You know, I just, I'm not ready for the week. I mean, just when the weekend starts, it's like the next week begins. I, I am so overwhelmed. And if it's you, I think we've been battling the life of chasing the world priorities that, rather than allowing God's priorities to become our agenda. Because I truly believe in God moments, he'll open up doors to walk us through more balanced lives, stress-free lives, that we experience him more and more and more. You see, you know what some what identifies really if that's you? If you're living an unbalanced, overstressed life that's chasing the priorities of man rather than the priorities of God, well, I bet your time is out of whack. You're probably sitting down around there saying like, Bill, I mean, you asked me to be in a growth group. You asked me to be on a ministry team. I have no time for that. I don't even know how I can get through each day. I mean, if you gave me another 10 hours a week, then I can figure that out. Sign of maybe unbalanced living. You know, you have a lack of energy. You just can't get up each day. You, you can't figure out how to get through each day. You are just completely worn out emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And all of a sudden you realize all your priorities are hijacked. I mean, you start the day and you say, here's what I want to accomplish today. And you have a great plan. And then by noon you realize I'm not going to get any of that done. Because all your priorities just got hijacked. Why? Because other people's priorities have become your agenda. The world's priorities have become your agenda. And this just leads to stress. This leads to a life of desperation. And I think if we're all honest, there's probably a majority of us sitting here right now that's saying, ah, my life is in desperate mode. I don't even know how to get through tomorrow. I don't know what to do. And desperate living just causes us more and more to miss out on the God moments, the opportunities of triumph. They're there. The opportunities to experience his hope and to express his hope. But you know what this means? To, to take that step, to walk down that path, it starts with having a mental shift. You know, I have to do this quite often. <laughs> I have to make a mental shift, and maybe you do too. And that mental shift is this. My agenda is not God's priority. God's priorities are my agenda. That's the mental shift that we need to make. 
you know, just like I said a moment ago, my struggle is so often I go to the throne of God and say, God, this is what I want in life. This is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to have. Can you make it happen? And we base our happiness and everything on if that happens. But we miss all the God moments of what God is actually doing all around us. And at some point in our heart and our mind, we need to make the mental shift. Hey, God's, my priorities are not God's agenda. And the more I try to throw my priorities onto his agenda, just like the Pharisees, guess what? I'm going to be disappointed. And my life's just going to get more and more out of whack. But when I make that mental shift, I say, you know what? God's priorities need to become my agenda. As much as right now you think of, how is that even possible? Just, just walk with me. Make that mental shift. God's priorities are my agenda. He will begin to open up the doors of all the opportunities of God moments that you can experience his hope more and that you become an expression of hope to others. I've experienced it and I've seen it happen in other people's lives. And I know for those of you sitting right here and you're putting that wall up and you're saying, Bill, no. I know God can do it in your life too. But you need to make the mental shift. You know, this all happens during our daily encounter time. It all happens there. When we open up God's word, when we focus ourselves on him and what he wants, what his heart is, when I just say, God, reveal your heart to me, guide my steps towards you, he will do it. Revelation 3 says, God, Jesus is always at the door knocking. He's just waiting for us to open it up and watch what he begins to do. The Bible says, when you seek him, you will find him. You will have those God encounters. But you need to seek him. You need to approach him. You know, as I read through the story in Luke chapter 5, there's some important things that come out to me and are revealed to me and who Jesus is and what happens in these God encounters that we see in this story. That Jesus reveals himself in this one story in the family's living room, an overcrowded house. As this man was lowered down to the mat, Jesus revealed the reality of who he is in the, in when he encounters us and when we encounter him. You know, the first is this. Jesus is the authority. He's the authority. Not you. Not me. Not anybody who holds a government position. We all are underneath him. He is the creator of everything that is. Nothing happens without his approval. Nothing. I know that will raise some questions and difficulties in your mind as you process who Jesus is to you. And that's okay. We would love to talk you through and, and journey through that. What that means in your relationship to Jesus and your journey. But he is the authority. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father except through him. That's what he said. And if you want to experience the God opportunities in your life, if you truly want to experience hope in your life, then at some point you need to recognize Jesus as the authority in your life. There's a difference between Jesus as my Savior, which is an important step we all need to take to free us from hell, but the other step that we need to take, the mental shift in our heart and mind, is Jesus as my Lord. You see, that's oftentimes two different uh, journeys in our walk. Jesus, get me out of hell. And sometimes that's all we want. 
But there has to be another decision too. Jesus, you are my Lord. In other words, you are the authority of my life. Your priorities are my agenda. I'm going to follow you. That's a mental shift. And in this moment, in that room, in that house, Jesus revealed to the Pharisees, to the men who lowered that mat, and everybody else in that crowd, he's the ultimate authority over life and death and all of creation. The next thing I think that God reveals in God moments that we see in the story is Jesus knows us and he values us. I bet it's safe to assume there's a few of you in this room right now that really need to hear that. God knows you and God values you. That can be a truly scary thing or it can be a freeing thing for some of us. It can be a scary thing because if we're thinking, boy, God, I, I haven't come to you. I don't confess what's going on in my heart and my mind because I don't want you to really know. And, and then the scary thing is, stink, you already know. You know what's been going on in this crazy knucklehead of mind of mine. And he knows what you did. He knows what you watched. He knows what you read. He knows what you said. He knows you. And he values you. That's the freeing part. He knows every thought you had. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And he values you. That's what, going back to the story, the thing we jumped over very quickly that's just fascinating in this story was the Pharisees. Did you catch it? As soon as Jesus uh, said, I, I forgive you of your sins, the Pharisees began to think. They didn't say anything. They thought, who is this man? This guy's a fraud. What's he think? What's he doing? And Jesus, the Bible says, he knew their thoughts. See, the Bible says that God is all-knowing. He's omniscient, which means he knows everything about you. He knows everything in the past. He knows everything in the future. He knows what's going to happen to you this week. And he knows every thought you have. And he loves you just the same. He values you desperately. And he relentlessly pursues you. See, I think some of you need to hear that. There is nothing that you have done. There is nothing that you have thought. There is nothing that you have said that can separate you from the love of God. He loves you desperately and he values you. He already knows you. He already knows everything has happened. What's holding you back from just going to him? Saying, God hears all of me. He already knows it. And the th next, last thing I see in this God encounters, what it reveals is Jesus truly is the one who forgives and heals. He's the one. You see, in the story, Jesus showed something. These men with their buddy, they wanted Jesus to heal the, his buddy physically. But Jesus showed something here. Jesus is less concerned about healing us physically than he is more spiritually. You see, the reality is this, this body it's going to give up one day. And I could come down with a major sickness tomorrow, and Jesus could miraculously heal me, and I'll celebrate and praise him. But I have to know in my mind that guess what? One day this body's going to fail again, and again, and again. 
because we live in a world of brokenness and, and, and sin and death. This world's all about death. And Jesus knows that. You see, we're more concerned about heal me physically. When Jesus revealed, no, I'm more concerned about your heart. See, your body will give away, but your soul, it goes on for all eternity. And I want to heal your soul so that you can be in my presence for all eternity. I want you in heaven. The devil wants to leverage your heart away from God so that you can be with him in hell for all eternity. But Jesus wants you in heaven. See, Jesus is more concerned about your heart than your body. And he wants you to experience all of him. And he is the one who brings ultimate forgiveness and ultimate uh, healing. He is the one who brought it by his work on that cross. Why? Because he loves you desperately and he pursues you relentlessly. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, and made, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ. Because of his great love. I, you know what I like to do sometimes? I encourage you. That word us in that verse, put your name in there. Because of his great love for Bill, whatever your name, think about the intimate, desperate love that the creator of all that is has for you. He knows you. He values you. He loves you. That man that was being lowered on the mat, everybody was so focused on themselves that day no one cared about him. He was the outcast. But Jesus loved him. Jesus took the time. And he takes the time for you too. When you feel like an outcast, when you feel like you don't fit in, when you feel like you don't, aren't valued in this world, know that the creator of everything that is values you in his great love for you, in his rich mercy for you, in all of his kindness that he expresses for you in his God moments. He values you and he loves you desperately. And there's nothing that can separate you from that, from the love of God. But when we encounter Jesus, I think we have a choice in the matter. You see, in this journey with Jesus, he always gives us a choice. He's always there, but we always have the choice. We always have the choice of what path we'll do, we'll take. We can be like the Pharisees. We can be like the Pharisees who were so focused on what they wanted, what they wanted to go after, what they were afraid of missing out on. And throughout their whole journey and their time with Jesus, it was all about trying to push their priorities onto Jesus' agenda and saying, you meet what we want. We can live life like that, and that's what the world always tries to push us down. The journey we always try to take, you know, God, this is the life I want, you meet it. And if that's you, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be disappointed. Or, we can be like those men carrying that mat. Those men carrying the mat, they faced man-made obstacles in the fact of the crowd that they just could not get in. You know, I think so often in life, I think we give up too easy. You know, we put these, these crazy expectations on God. 
You know, like those men could have walked up to that door and said, okay, Jesus, if you really, God, if you really want us to get to Jesus, then just open up the floodgates and let us walk through the crowd. And when that doesn't happen, okay, we give up. And we put these crazy expectations on God. God, do this, or God, so this, or I saw this flash on the, on the back of a car, whatever it may be, and all of a sudden, nope, see, God doesn't want me to do it in my life. We put these crazy expectations on God, and we miss out on God moments. Because we live in a world, and the devil leverages this world, and the people throughout this world that we've come into contact with, he leverages them to create man-made obstacles to separate us from God. The crowd. And we have crowds in our life, too. And we have a choice. When we face that crowd, we can put on crazy expectations. God, do this. And if he doesn't do it the way we ask him to, then forget it, God. I'm going my way. Or we can just give up and walk the other way. Or we can be like the men, what the men did. I'm not allowing the devil to leverage my heart. I'm not allowing the man-made obstacles that were put up in my way to separate me from God. He's there knocking on my heart, and I'm going to open that door. And when they did that, when they lowered that mat, they experienced the God moment of all God moments. They realized God, the creator thing that is, the most powerful moment Jesus said, you're healed, you're forgiven. I know you and I value you. I want you to be in my home. And that's what God wants to say to your life too. Jesus wants us to experience everything that he has to offer. Everything. But we need to walk through and find our way through the man-made obstacles of this world towards him. And he will always be there with open arms. With open arms. But it starts with that mental shift. God, I gotta stop chasing this world chasing my heart. I got to stop coming to you and trying to make my priorities your agenda. I need to start approaching you and God, I want your priorities to be my agenda. I want you to shape my life. I want you to guide my steps because when I do that, I will find balance in my life. I will find stress free. I will experience your hope in ways that I never imagined. And the, the extra bonus, I get to be a hope to other people. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants you to experience, but it starts with having an encounter with him. We have these man-made obstacles all the time that keep us from experiencing God. Because of our unbalanced living, that becomes a man-made obstacle. You know, we might say tonight, hey, tomorrow I'm going to start my devos. I'm going to read the Bible in the morning. And we wake up in the morning, oh, man, I woke up 10 minutes late. I got to get to my job. I got to get this. And all of a sudden, guess what? God, I'll hang out with you later, and then later never happens. We need to have a daily encounter with Jesus. That's one of our core steps here at the church at Impact is that we each have a daily encounter with him every day. And my hope that as you journey through this year, if you've never done that before, that you make it an effort, whatever that looks for, like for you, a time where you're in the presence of God, in his Bible, in his word, that you're praying to him, tell God what's going on in your heart and your life. He knows it, but he wants to hear it from you. And then take a moment just to listen to him. Have a God encounter every day. And that's why we provide many resources for you. 
and we encourage you to use it. Maybe it's the YouVersion Bible app. Use the daily verse that you, can, that you can use each morning just to read that Bible verse. We provide the Right Now Media. It's completely free to you. Just let us know and we can send you the link if you don't have this. It's hundreds of great Bible studies and teachings on there to help you in your journey with wherever you're at in your life situation. Or make sure you, you like us or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Because we provide content every regularly throughout the week to help you have God moments in your life, to help you have daily encounters with Jesus, whether it's video or scripture or whatever it may be. But we want to provide these resources. Why? Because we value the importance of every one of us having a daily encounter with Jesus. Because when that happens, you open up the door to experience the hope that he has for your life. He has something special for you. If you'll just allow him to speak into your life. God is moving. If you want to learn more about how you can uh, 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 use those daily encounters that we provide, or if you just need someone to pray with you or help you on what's the next step in your journey, I encourage you to stop by the Engage Impact. And we've got some gr a great team there that would love to pray with you or just help you identify what are some next steps for you to experience the presence of God in your life. God is moving. And he wants you to know you are valued and you are loved. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you because I know for myself, when I look at my life and my past, and boy, I, I just, I'm so unworthy. But because of you and the cross, you make us worthy. And Lord, I just pray right now for anybody in this room that walked in this place completely broken down by life or so overwhelmed with the stress of life, that maybe they feel devalued. Lord, I pray that in this moment, they may, they may know that you, the creator of everything that is, how much you love them, you know them, and you value them. And Lord, I just pray that you help each of us to truly make a mental shift towards you. And Lord, may we commit to finding a way to have a daily encounter with you every day. And through that, may you just speak into our life and may we experience your hope. We praise you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.